Hello and welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. Bain & Company, a management consulting firm based in the United States, said that the Philippines might benefit in global efforts to diversify supply chains and focus on business process outsourcing to cope with the economic decline brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. 2019 was a challenging year for private equity firms in Southeast Asia, with deal values slipping to $12 billion from $14 billion a year ago. Alessandro Canarsi, a partner at Bain, said the COVID-19 pandemic may change the situation in favor of countries like the Philippines. In this episode, Mr. Canarsi speaks with Business World reporter Denise Valdez about the country's prospects in tech-driven sectors like online shopping and digital healthcare. Thank you, Alex, for joining us for this episode. Indeed, the COVID-19 pandemic has resulted to disruption in almost all, if not all, sectors of society. Today, we hope to learn more about its impact to the private equity or PE industry. Let's start with how the COVID-19 pandemic affected PE firms in the Philippines. Could you tell us how it has been in 2019 and how the situation has changed since the coronavirus crisis started? 2019 has been a challenging year for private equity firms in all of Southeast Asia, and deal value declined about 9% in 2018. But it was still above the average over the previous five years. In fact, it went to $12 billion versus the previous five years average was $10 billion. In 2019, there were also more deals than in 2018. So it's a kind of a mixed story. And 2019 hasn't been as tough in Southeast Asia as it has been in other places in Asia Pacific, such as China. The Philippines is a little bit of a different story because in 2018, there were five PE deals with a total of 320 million. And there was only one deal above 100 million, which was KKR's investment in Voyager Innovation. 2019, we went to three deals but actually almost a billion investments in the Philippines. And this is because there was a large investment in Metro Pacific Hospital Holding and another one in Converge ICT. And if you look at back at the PE market in uh, the Philippines, you see the same lumpy behavior where a few more bigger deals and the other year you see a little bit of more mooted dynamics. It still remains a smaller PE market for Southeast Asia from 2014 to 2019. Private equity firms invested about $4 billion in the Philippines. And you can compare this with Indonesia, which is $11 billion, Vietnam, $7 billion. Obviously, Singapore is much bigger, it's 34 But still, it's a much bigger target than Thailand, where in the same period, investments were below $1 billion, And that's in five years. Now, how is COVID-19 going to change that? Obviously, it's just about two months or short of two months that the Philippines are on quarantine. And this is obviously impacting the economy. But the Philippines are also one of the few countries in the world that, according to the IMF, for example, can still pull off a positive GDP growth in 2020, which is good. So my sense is that from a PE firm perspective, the impact will be similar to other countries in Asia or in the region. We won't see a complete dry up in deals. In fact, during the global financial crisis, we've seen that deal count and deal value dropped. This is happening against now. Most firms are focused on protecting their current investment and trying to get money back to investors. But I don't think the deal flow will completely dry up. In fact, we've seen the past crisis, private equity firms that generated the best returns were those who kept investing during the down cycle. You've mentioned it's going to affect other countries in Southeast Asia. 
and how the Philippines has been different in the past years, particularly because of the lack of deed opportunities, similar with Thailand. I'm just curious how you think the landscape would be like after the pandemic. Will there be an increased appetite for PE firms in the Philippines? Obviously, it's very hard to say now what's going to happen when the quarantine measures are going to be lifted. There are a couple of encouraging data points, in my view, specifically in the Philippines. The first one is that over the past six years, about two-thirds of the private equity deal have been in uh, services, so IT, medical, education, telecommunications, which reflect the country's strengths, of course. But these are also the sectors that, based on our analysis, are the most resilient to the pandemic. And within those, there are actually some subsectors that can actually be accelerated by the changes in behavior driven by social distancing, and even when this social distancing will be eased. If you think about it, we're going through a large experiment in doing things remotely, everything. The sectors like online shopping will have a boost, and likewise, many companies in the world will need to increase their capability to serve customers remotely. Of course, the Philippines are a very interesting country in this case. This is a time where there are concerns about the currency drag that could be expressed in USD-denominated funds. And so sectors that have front-end revenues in markets like the U.S., such as the BPO, IT services, where the Philippines are strong, could get a leg up in attracting private equity investment interest. The other big opportunity, in my view, that might pan out is the diversification of supply chain. If you follow the news, you're probably aware that there's an increasing tension between the U.S. and China. And that's not just the U.S. You might have read that Japan's promised about $6 billion in incentives for Japanese companies to diversify their supply chain away from China. And uh, Abe actually pointed at Southeast Asia as a potential location to diversify lower value-added production and services away from China. These two things, in my view, create opportunities in the Philippines because the flourishing services sector, it is a strategically well-located destination to diversify some of the supply chain for Western and Japanese companies. And because, obviously, of the high English communication skills in the Philippines compared to other Southeast Asia countries, it's a candidate for benefiting from some diversification of the supply chain. Overall, I think there will be some opportunities in multiple sectors. Surely those that don't require the movement of physical goods now that travel and logistics are still challenged could be the ones that bounce back first. But there are a few things in the Philippines that make me think that opportunities can be around the corner. Even when the lockdown has succeeded and things get back to some form of new normal. Thank you for explaining that and I appreciate your comparison with other countries. Just curious now because you've mentioned the brewing tension between United States and China, then also Japan trying to pull out companies from China. Do you think the Philippines will perform better versus other countries in terms of getting some of those that will be exiting? And what will be the drivers, if ever? Honestly, it's a bit too early to say, because for the moment, what we have seen are statements of the need for this diversification. We don't know to what extent this is actually going to happen. There are many sectors where it is very hard to replace China in the supply chain or reduce dependency, especially in some sectors like medical supplies or some sectors in the tech space, such as motherboards and so on. So I think it's probably already very early to say how much of this diversification of supply chain will happen 
and how the balance of trade power will play between these. I believe Southeast Asia is in a very good spot. The Philippines has some assets that are different from other Southeast Asian countries, so I think the answer will probably be very different depending on how serious this movement will be. And I think countries in Southeast Asia like the Philippines should think strategically to what sectors they really want to attract. All right, thank you for that. And to wrap this all up, do you have pieces of advice on how the Philippines can benefit from this situation and how private equity firms can thrive in the post-COVID-19 landscape? Before we get into that, we need to recognize that the private equity industry is quite nascent in Southeast Asia, not just in the Philippines, compared to other areas in the world. And it's very much an industry based on people and trust. So people tend to focus about the money. But actually, when a private equity fund invests in a company, it's not just about money. On the other side, you've got a seller, either an owner who wants to leave the business but wants it to continue to grow and there's some emotional attachment many times. Or maybe they're not trying to sell. They want to raise capital. And even more, they want to trust that the buyer, the investor, is there to create value for the long term that they wouldn't be able to create by themselves. And in Southeast Asia, many successful companies are family-owned. That's also the case in the Philippines. So this makes the stakes for private equity funds even harder. If you think about it, you wouldn't let an outsider get into your company and invest unless you're sure that this person is really a partner that can help you achieve something that you wouldn't be able to achieve by yourself. It's not just about raising capital. So on one side, the private equity industry should make sure they explain very well how the private equity model works, how it creates value, how it's not about just putting capital and then exiting a few years later, but it's really about creating value in the company and potentially show stories of Philippine companies that have been successful and grown fast with private equity capital. Now, on the other side, There's things that Southeast Asian companies and Philippine companies could also do to help to create the conditions that make it easy for private equity firms to invest in the country. For example, they could enhance their corporate governance to encourage investors to invest in them, or at a country level, making sure there is fair and strict, but also encouraging regulations that make it easy for funds to do buyouts or to raise capital to increase the growth of Philippine companies. And I think if it goes both ways, then we will have created an environment of trust that makes it easier for company owners to trust private equity investors as partners for five plus years of growth in their companies and to be concerned for the growth of the company in the longer term. And it will make it easier for private equity funds globally to look at Filipino companies and invest with confidence And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Bain partner Alessandro Canarsi and Business World reporter Denise Valdez talking about the likelihood of private equity deals pushing through, despite challenges brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. Mr. Canarsi doesn't think the deal flow will completely dry up. He reminds us that in the past five years, private equity firms that generated the best returns were those that kept investing during the down cycle. To attract private equity firms into the country, the Bain partner recommended enhancing corporate governance standards on the company level and increasing transparency on deal flows on the country level. This episode was recorded remotely on May 4. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>